0: the book of Titus chapter 1 verses 5 to 9. For this reason I left you in Crete that you would set in order what remains and appoint elders in every city as I directed you. Namely, if any man is beyond reproach, the husband of one wife having children who believe, not accused of indecent behavior or rebellion. For the overseer, must be beyond reproach as god's steward not self-willed not quick-tempered not overindulging in wine not a bully not greedy for money but hospitable loving what is good self-controlled righteous holy disciplined holding firmly the faithful word which is in accordance with the teaching so that he will be able both to exhort in sound doctrine and to refute those who contradict it.
1: Our sermon for today is a break from our regular series from the book of Hebrews because after the service we will be gathering in a special meeting because the General Assembly according to the Constitution, the GCF Constitution, is June However, sometimes because of these ECQs, GCQs, and lockdowns, our priorities were changed a bit. So this, uh, this meeting after the service is a special meeting of the General Assembly. And um, we have certain things to report to you and certain, certain things we would like to share as our plan for the future and also, certain issues where we need your inputs and, uh, and opinion. Appoint elders. Paul the Apostle instructed Titus, a fellow servant, to continue their unfinished work in Crete. Now, Titus is like a son. To Paul we do not know where their ministry or their connection began but we know that he was one of the companions of Paul in his ministry and the church history would say that Titus became the overseer of the island of Crete Crete is an island off the shore of Greece The size of Crete is a little bigger, 300 square kilometers bigger than the combination of Albay and Kamarinisur. A little bigger than that, plus 300 square kilometers, that would be the size of Crete. Now, Paul was saying to Titus, since they went there and they did ministry, probably some evangelism and some early discipleship. And he said, stay here. For what purpose? There was a purpose. And we read that a while ago. We will go back to it, which is to set in order. To set in order what remains. The result of our work and what remained of it set in order. Now, the first action item to set in order was to appoint elders. The purpose of elders is to put order to the believers who have come to know the Lord Jesus Christ. Unfortunately, Cretans sounds like aliens, right? Cretans who lived in the island of Crete have a reputation of being liars. Mga That's their reputation. Drunkards and worshippers of Zeus. In fact, they believe that uh, Zeus uh, was a Cretan, which would make it challenging for Titus. Nevertheless, Titus needed to put things in order. An essential aspect of putting things in order was to appoint the right elders in every town. Some translations say the word city, but when you say city then, it's not like the city today, not like Naga City or Cebu or Davao or Legazpi. It was like smaller groups of people to appoint the right elders in every town please take note the words elder pastor and bishop were interchangeable in the new testament it meant service to god's people through leadership teaching and shepherding now paul gave titus a short criterion of an elder And we know he also instructed Timothy. If you've read Timothy, Paul also gave a short list of what an elder should be. Now, we're going to look at the criterion of an elder, but do not forget that the purpose was to put things in order. And that's the big difference between a church community and a para-church community. A para-church community are like organizations that might be involved in evangelism and discipleship. And, uh, but church communities are those with elders, shepherds, that stay long-term. The problem if you got saved or got involved in a parachurch organization like these campus ministries or missions agencies and you were not taught the life of a community, how to live in a Christian community with both encouragement and correction, accountability then you would not understand what it means to really grow in the Lord in a community that studies God's Word. Because all you know is go, 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 go. Do this, evangelize, give tracts and start the discipleship. And maybe a few years they'll graduate and then let's move to another place. Let's go to another people. I'm not saying they do not contribute. I'm saying that is not enough. First point, elders for the sake of order. Again, Paul left Titus in Crete, an island off the coast of Greece, so Titus could put in order the work that they started, which was to appoint elders in every town on the island. Now, without establishing elders, the work is incomplete we cannot just go to a place have a wonderful program for example a medical missions or even some feeding proclaim the gospel and say goodbye the work is not complete and i always keep telling people who love to do so many programs and activities we have to disciple and we have to mentor some of the men to become shepherds of the place. Not one man, but several. It's always plural. You do not, it's not biblical to have a one-man leadership in a church. It is not. It's always plural. Elders in every town. And that is one of the battle cries of the Reformation is the Bible did not mention that we should have a Pope. We are all accountable to God and to one another, and the structure is there's a plural leadership in a church community, or in those days, a town will have several house churches, and it has a group of elders that oversee these house churches let's read verse 5 for this reason i left you in crete that you would set in order what remains and appoint elders in every city as i directed you once again without godly elders a community is not yet in order such was the situation in Crete. The believers, like the inhabitants of the land, take note. The believers in Crete, because many of them have the early stages of discipleship, of being mentored into the likeness of Christ, so many of them live like the non-believers. They lie, they get drunk, they fall into sexual immorality, conveniently, with less Bother their conscience is not as bothered at the. I see that in churches when there is no clear accountability with the members and somebody who's discipling them. Anything goes your life before and your life now, there's very little difference. The only difference you go to a different place of worship and you know how to thank the Lord, and maybe read a little bit of the Bible, but your life is not in order because it's not enough that you are accountable to yourself. If that's one thing you have to overcome because as you receive encouragement and love from the community, especially in the growth group, you must also be ready to receive the correction. It goes both ways. Some only want the blessing, the love, the encouragement. But correction, I'll absent first for several weeks before I go back to the growth group. Or I won't show myself to pastor because he rebuked me. Or I want to resign because I was corrected firmly. If you only want the blessing without the accountability, then you will not grow as a believer. Elders must be put in place so that the elders are accountable to God to shape, to mentor, to disciple others into the likeness of Christ, to teach God's word, to lead the way, to show their lives and their own families as examples to follow Nobody is perfect, but at least your family must be worthy to be followed. Well, no one is truly worthy only by the grace of God. By the grace of God, your family, your relationship or relationships must be worthy to be followed. And then to teach God's word. Elders for the sake of order. If there are no elders that are not singular, plural, I mean, if it's not plural and singular, the danger of mishandling many things, for example, money. One man rule or leadership without anybody else holding that person accountable is dangerous. In this church, it's a rule. No pastor can sign the check. Only elders can. I suggested that. So when there's a problem, they don't look to me, right? I say, they signed it, not me. I'm just kidding, my brothers, (laughs) my fellow elders. (laughs) Uh, But that's one way they protect me so I can focus on the spiritual things, that 80% of my time is on the spiritual things and they have the leeway to do other things. Of course, each elder must lead a growth group. For how can you shepherd the whole of God's people if you don't know how to take care of some people? Next point, an elder's character and family. An elder must be blameless. When we say blameless, it doesn't mean sinless. It means it's hard to put a blame. Take note. Let me borrow from Paul's instruction to Timothy. Never receive an accusation against an elder that is not verified by at least two. Take note. It should be validated. It's not like I don't like him, and I'm critical, and I have comments, so I have blame, I can blame him. No, we're talking about here something else. Anybody can criticize anybody. But to establish, did that person really commit that? Take note what Proverbs said. A story might sound true until you hear the other side then when you get the bigger picture, then you realize how foolish you were in believing immediately what you heard. And sometimes we are foolish. And Paul would say to Timothy, not against the elder, be careful. Because God holds the elders highly accountable. That's why I do not accept any accusation against an elder unless we establish the evidence and by at least two. Not just one, at least two. Can we investigate? Of course. We should. Faithful to his wife and whose children are believers not rebellious but obedient now some may ask can somebody without children become an elder well one if they don't have children i would say if they're still young not yet let them go through life experience more of life but if they were not gifted by children by God because we know that God is a God of purpose and God may have another plan. That's why I would want them to disciple others or at least a group because in one way you would understand what it means to be a spiritual father to others. Furthermore, an elder is not arrogant short-tempered not a drunkard hindi lasingo pwede bang uminom ang elder pwede wag lang maglasing malinaw ba yon amen yumayag ayun yumaniwala may nagsabi sa akin si Jesus Christ gumawa ng wine sayko totoo wine yon milagro 'yod you know why takes months or even years to develop wine. To turn water to wine, it's a miracle. Then there's somebody who said, who believes that no, uh, uh, no, any single alcohol or wine is a sin. I said, can you root that in scripture? Not make indirect quotations here. They don't root it. You see, Then I said, what happened to the wine? Isn't that a miracle that Jesus blessed a wedding with wine? Then somebody said, that's grape juice. I said, then I can do that too. I'll just get powdered juice or even puree and mix it in water. And voila, miracle. No, it says wine. It really means wine. But being a drunk... Take note. Which means drinking to a point that you have, you cannot even walk straight. Your tongue now moves, uh, does not follow your mental commands easily. I think that is being drunk. An elder should not be violent and must not be greedy. For gain. I help businessmen, and one of the, if they're Christian businessmen, if the company is doing well, recently I gave a quotation to some of my partners. I said, Psalm 62 10b, when, rich, when riches increase, do not set your heart on them, just serve the customer. And let money just be the result of the right service you give. Not just, I want to earn, I want to earn, I want to earn, I want to earn. There is nothing wrong with providing for your family and making a difference with your resources. But we are not greedy for gain. We approach it more of, it is, if it is God's will. If not, it's okay. We don't feel sad if we lose an opportunity because it depends on the Lord. We trust in the will of God. It means you are not possessed by material things. You can let it go, everything, easily. You don't recognize anything, anything as your own. Verse 6, let's read verse 6. Namely if any man is beyond reproach, means it's hard to accuse him. The husband of one wife, having children who believe, not accused of indecent behavior or rebellion. This is the children. Not accused, okay, of indecent behavior or rebellion. For the overseer must be beyond reproach as God's steward and not self-willed. Not quick tempered, not overindulging in wine, not a bully, not greedy for money. If a man is not faithful to his wife and does not lead his family well, he should not be an elder. How would he inspire other fathers to be good fathers? How can he inspire other husbands to be good husbands? Likewise, if a man is full of himself, you know what is full of himself? Loves to promote the self. They love the approval of men, and that is dangerous. Elders should not desire the approval of men except the approval of God. Elders should be thankful if others thank him. He appreciates that others appreciate that, and that's it. The heart must not absorb on how great I am. Am. no great I am except him not you only him very careful not full of himself meaning if he has an idea or opinion he presents it to the other elders and say please pray for this should this be God's will he is careful to say he is careful not to be arrogant to say no the church must do this If it is something clear in scripture, like the church should make disciples, everybody agrees. If it is clear, but if it is a gray area, then we allow differences to speak up and try to discern and use our minds how best can we implement this without losing our priorities. The mission is to proclaim repentance for the forgiveness of sins and to make disciples of all nations. And the churches in the New Testament, what they did when they evangelized, when they proclaimed and discipled, they formed them into communities with elders. If that is the agenda, the main agenda, sure. But if it is a minor idea, chill, fellow elder if you're one that must fight tooth and nail for a minor thing, you should not be here. I'm happy that our elders are very peaceful because we usually give in. What do you think? What do you think? As a pastor, of course, I have to guide through Scripture. But as I equip, my fellow elders and others, how to analyze Scripture, they can correct me if I am wrong. Not full of himself. An elder should not love to argue, should not be easily offended. If you're easily offended, then you cannot be an elder. How can he take care of others if he is so self centered? If a man has no self control over alcohol, then he cannot be an elder. How can he inspire self control in others if he cannot master the self? We must master the self by his grace. Do you know that we should let go of all addiction? Do you know when I mean all addiction? It's not, I'm not talking drugs, because that's obvious. I'm talking alcohol as well. But not just alcohol. Anything that keeps bringing you back there, that includes video games, that includes compulsive spending, anything. It may, not, it may sound harmless, but nothing should master us. Sometimes I joke here, that includes white rice. I think many of you are addicted because if you don't eat white rice, you shake and sweat. Even though you ate a lot of food, you still shake and sweat. <laughs> so I joke, I think you're addicted and you're having withdrawals. I know when others tried to stop that, One of the things a doctor will tell you if you have diabetes is cut the white rice. Yeah, it is a form of addiction. But again, that is not doctrine, okay? I was simply joking. Joking with half seriousness. Half only, okay? Because when they were told by doctors, avoid the sweets... I can't help it. My coffee should have 3 teaspoons of sugar. It has to be sweet. Walang lasa. And I shake my head and scratch my headless hair. No, hairless head, sorry. And say, "You mean you're you want to continue the dying process by not following your doctor? You just want to continue the dying process because you're not used to it." Then you have no mastery of self. You are a slave to your appetite. It means you can eat rice or not, you can have sweets or not, because you are not subjected to your tastes and your appetite. Uh, I'm just sharing to you the ideal elder, all right? No self-control, cannot be elder. Likewise, if a man will do anything to earn, even do the wrong things, will do anything to earn, even cheat others, he cannot be an elder. How can he model truthfulness if he cheats on others? I think the rule here is do unto others what you want others to do unto you somebody was trying to sell me a property and she did not reveal anything, hoping I will not find the problem. I found the cracks on the wall and I asked the owner what happened. And he said there was an earthquake and the wall cracked. Why did the seller didn't tell me hoping I would not discover it? The best thing to do it is to be be truthful. I'm selling this house, house, but I'll be honest with you. There's a crack on the wall. That's why I'm selling it at this price only. Now it's up to you. That's truthful. And if God should so bless you, He will give you the buyer at the right time. But if you have to resort to the tactics of the world then what will happen? You're just one of them. An elder cannot be like that. Third, hospitality and the Word of God. An elder shows hospitality, loves good, self-controlled, holy means set apart for God's purpose, and disciplined. He knows the word of God and stands firm on it so he could encourage others and refute those who oppose. That's very important. Verse 8, but hospitable, loving what is good, self-controlled, righteous, holy, disciplined. Hospitable meaning you can welcome others into your home. That's an elder. Holding firmly to the faithful word, which is in accordance with the teaching. Take note. Hold firmly the word of God so that he will be able to exhort. Another word is to encourage or to teach others sound doctrine. And to refute. This is important. To refute those who contradict the gospel. An elder must be prepared. That's why he should know the word of God. So an elder should know the Word of God. He doesn't just, he studies the Word of God, doesn't go with hearsay. You know what's hearsay? And cliches. The stuff you hear in the Christian world that are just based on some memorized scripture taken out of context, those are cliches. I think I didn't see the verse, God loves the sinner and hates the sin. I think God loves the world, definitely the world. But that will not stop his judgment. But when we say the world, the cosmos, doesn't mean God doesn't get to hate the sinner. I'd like to challenge you to go to scripture and see, is there a phrase like that? There are several. An elder should know sound doctrine. We should preach the love of God. We should preach the grace of God and the mercy of God. I believe in that. But if you do chronological exposition, like in Romans, the love of God was mentioned twice. Two areas. Romans 8, Romans 5. You see it in 1 John once. God is love. In John, John 3.16, another time. Search some more. Because there is more emphasis on the fear of God in all of Scripture. There is more emphasis on faith. Like I said, we should preach the love of God but we should also preach the justice of god an elder who studies the word will see the importance of both if a man is not hospitable how he cannot be an elder how can he be an elder how can he lead others if he doesn't like meeting people you cannot <laughs> So likewise, if a man is not fully committed to the Lord, he cannot be an elder. How can he lead the church of Christ if he is not fully surrendered to Christ? If a man is not faithful to the Word, he cannot be an elder. How can he encourage others with the Word and defend the faith if he does not know the Word very well? Application, number one, appreciate the role of elders. Biblical elders bring a sense of order into a Christian community. Elders shepherd the community of faith, plural, not singular. They nurture God's people through the teaching of the word, and they defend against false teaching. So let's appreciate their work. Elders are required to have growth groups. They have to attend other special meetings. And take note, I I do not chair the meeting. There's a different chairman. Why? Because we have what we call accountability. The elders as a body, once a month, creates policies. And the senior pastor and the administrator implements those policies. On the day-to-day, of course, it's the senior pastor who leads. Therefore, all elders as individual members of the church should submit to that leadership. And then the pastor also submits to the policies and the accountability they expect from him. That's why it cannot be one-man rule. You will have pastors who are not careful, who are arrogant. But if you have elders who by themselves are honorable people and expect honor from the pastors, then that is a good balance of accountability. Take note, an elder cannot walk in pride saying, hey, I'm an elder of the church, you listen. No, his authority is when the elders gather. His authority is implementing these, is is creating these policies. Elders must be respected, but they cannot make singular decisions. All their decisions are also submitted to the eldership. I'd like to say, any elder who would like to do that, I will ask my fellow elders to discipline such elder. Next, pray for the right elders. On the other hand, unfit elders will not discern false teaching or exhibit a life that inspires faith and obedience. Their life and family are not worth emulating. Thus, unfit elders are dangerous to the flock. Now like I said none of us are perfect but we are expected to live at the higher standards but we need your prayers. We need your prayers. Now please don't think that that some people have this idea because other churches have the pastor and the elders are under him. That's not the case here. The congregation chooses in I mean, confirms the elders that are nominated. The congregation, that's why this after, after this we will have a meeting. One of that is I will be nominating, nominating three elders or four elders, which should be affirmed by the regular members here. So it's a congregation who appoints them. Of course, here we see Ty, Paul saying to Titus, appoint. However, we also see in the book of Acts... Peter saying to them, choose among yourselves. That's why what we did here in our constitution, the senior pastor would nominate a point, and I have members who should confirm my nomination, meaning I ask some of them to interview, or I ask their perspective, what do you think of this person to be an elder? And they give me their response. And after that, If it pushes through that I don't get any violent reaction like he cannot be an elder because (laughs) may hindi pwede. That's a possibility. If they pass that, then we elevate it to the congregation to be confirmed. This is not like some popularity contest. Oh, I like him. I'll nominate him. But he doesn't know the word of God. He's arrogant. He's selfish. He's he's not respectable. They cannot be elders. So, brethren, pray for us. And lastly, respect. Biblical elders are not perfect, but their private and public lives should be respectable. Take note: includes private. You ask the wife. You ask the children. They are respected. They are disciplined, hospitable, and keep their family in order. Thus, we should respect them and follow their examples. And let us support their initiatives in proclaiming the gospel and making disciples. Let us do our part in building the church community to spiritual maturity, for such is the will of the Lord. When we end, the deacons will count the money. Take note, we also have deacons, but I'm not nominating new deacons for this year. Uh, We have deacons who count the money. Elders do not count the money. They sign the checks to be released uh, after being proposed by the administrator. The administrator doesn't count the money. The deacons from you count the money, and it is validated and then there's a budget every month or every three months. A budget is proposed to the elders. And it is, when it is accepted or maybe adjusted, then we implement that. If I overspend, I have to justify it. It's not that easy, my friends. So we want here a very strong accountability, especially with money and other things. So later, after the counting of the money, the deacons will come back up. So I would request everybody who would participate, and we need 50 for a quorum. Uh, we need 50 for a quorum. And then to those of you who are with uh, experience in parliamentary procedures, you may help guide us in this, in this endeavor. You, you're the one who always says, point of order, point of order. Uh, but you can help us so that there will be Order in our meeting. So I have a poem for elders um, based on, on this text. So elders. Oh well, it was originally made for Titus, the commission to appoint elders. But let me just share here. Set in order what thus remains. Make sure you do not lose the gains. Appoint elders in every town. Shepherds should always be around. An elder faithful to his wife, to Christ he surrendered his life. His children believe the good news, their behavior hard to accuse. An elder is not a drunkard, but instead, in his word, hungered. He is not arrogant, self-centered, and not greedy nor quick-tempered. He welcomes others to his home, greets all with a peaceful shalom, proclaims the word of salvation, for that is his clear intention. His devotion is to his God, through faith seeks his favor and nod, faithful to his word forever and to the mission endeavor. May the Lord bless us with elders, the true kind and not pretenders, broken and self and spilled out for you, Lord, his prayers you do not ignore. Let us all rise and let us pray. Thank you, Lord. Be glorified. Bless our meeting this afternoon, and thank you for giving us a church community that is in order by your grace alone. We thank you for the order. And Lord, anybody that causes disorder, teach us how to manage it, Lord. If there is a way that we can align, help us align. But if it is best to remove the one who causes the disorder, guide us, Lord, by your grace. Let it be so. For even Paul the Apostle also said, everything should be in order. And he told Titus, put things in order, appoint elders, but the right elders. Give us wisdom, Lord. May through the leadership of our elders propel us to improvement as a community. Be glorified in Jesus' name. Amen. Good morning and God bless you.